Hello and welcome to episode 35 of our weekend's book. I'm Brielle. And I'm Kate. And we want to welcome you to The Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. So Brielle, how was your weekend? Um, it was pretty good. I think that we both have some big birthday shout outs to do. Um, first, my daughter Karina turned 20, so we celebrated her birthday on Saturday. And my mom turned the big old 6'5 on Saturday. So we celebrated that too. It's really funny because my mom and Karina are like BFFs and then they share the same birthday. So it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. And when we get them together, it's, oh, it's a mess. They're both like hot messes. Love them both to death, but oh, when they get together. Sorry, mom. I know you're going to listen to this. We love you. <laughs> yes, you Patrice. We love you. <laughs> But other than that, we really, didn't, we really didn't do much. It's just kind of been like a chill weekend. I did some yard work today, and that was a mistake. That was a mistake. Oh, yeah, the heat is, it's definitely summertime in the south right now, where you just, like, go outside, and you're just instantly dripping with sweat. Not fun, and it's been, like, kind of stormy, so, you know, I thought that we were going to have a really nice, like, 4th of July coming up, but it doesn't look like that's going to pan out. Hey, the silver lining is it's perfect reading weather. Absolutely correct. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, um, Kate, why don't you tell us a little bit about Rebecca Yaros before we kind of get into what the fourth wing is all about? So I just found like a couple little fun facts about her. She's a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author. No surprise there that she's written over 15 novels. She lives in Colorado, and I found that she was a recipient of the Colorado Romance Writers Award of Excellence for a book she wrote called Eyes Turn Skyward. Um, and then just a little bit more on the personal side, I did find that um, she's been married for over 20 years. Her husband's in the military, so she moved around a lot. And she said, like, reading was one of her outlets. Um, and they also have six children, which I was like, wow, that's so many kids. And to have, I don't know how she finds the time to write, but I love this book. Yeah, the book was pretty good. Um, I think that maybe having six kids really helps you get into like that fantasy world, you know? I mean, even though this book itself was kind of labeled like YA, um, you have to have some type of imagination to write like this. And probably like having so many kids helps her out a lot. Yeah, you're probably right. All right. So should we just dive in? Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Let's get this party started. Okay. So 20-year-old Violet Sarengale was supposed to enter the scribe quadrant, living a quiet life among books and history. Now, the commanding general, also known as her toughest talons mother, has ordered Violet to join the hundreds of candidates striving to become the elite of Navarre, the Dragon Riders. But when you're smaller than everyone else and your body is brittle, Death is only a heartbeat away because dragons don't bond to fragile humans. They incinerate them. With fewer dragons willing to bond than cadets, most would kill Violet to better their own chances of success. The rest would kill her just for being her mother's daughter, like Zayden Royson, the most powerful and ruthless wing leader in the rider's quadrant. She'll need ev every edge her wits can give her just to see the next sunrise. 
Yet with every day that passes, the war outside grows more deadly. The kingdom's protective wards are failing and the death toll continues to rise. Even worse, Violet begins to suspect leadership is hiding a terrible secret. Friends, enemies, lovers, everyone at Basgath War College has an agenda because once you enter, there are two ways out, graduate or die. Literal chills, and that is just from the dust jacket of the book, like plot summary. Oh, this was a, this was a, okay, so let listeners, first of all, you have to understand that we didn't actually pick this one from the TBR, but it's such a hot topic right now that we were like, okay, we've got to read it. We've got to see for ourselves what this is all about. No regrets. In the beginning, it took about 100 pages for me to be like, okay, now I see where the hype is coming from. And that's just me being like completely honest. Well, because I think there's a lot of world building at the beginning, which I'm suffering with the book we're reading right now, too. Sometimes the world building, when it's a lot at one time, can really be overwhelming. We experienced the same thing when we read the first Crescent City book, you know? But... Yeah, I feel like the only difference is that instead of, like, spewing out, like, a bunch of facts to, like, build this world, Rebecca Yaris actually relied on her, one of her main characters, who is Violet, to kind of explain, like, what was going on, where it was happening at, why it was happening. And that was, like, a different way to do it, and I, I was very appreciative of that. Yeah, I definitely like that aspect of it, allowing the main character to build the world pretty much. Instead of having, like, a normal book narrator, I really did like that aspect of it. I thought it was very unique and different, and I think it was one of the pros, the checks in my pros column as to why I gave this book five stars. Okay, so it got four and a half stars for me, but I think that was just because of something that we'll get into later. Um, but anyway, okay, so let's, you want to talk about Violet first? Because she's, she's a pretty badass main character. I loved Violet. So in the book, Violet Serengale, who we introduced you to when we were kind of giving you the little briefing, um, did never think that she was going to be competing to be like a dragon rider. She thought that she was going to be a scribe, which is like basically the person who records history and like all the historical events and events and like keeps them protected. And that's what she has like set herself up for. I mean, she's like super smart. Um, she does have um, a sibling that's alive and a sibling that's deceased. And they were like both like badass dragon riders. So she has kind of like that shadow that she's living in but like being a scribe was like her way of like standing out you know in her own way and um her mother was like not too keen on it so it's not a surprise when her mom is like and eh, that's not going to happen you're one of us and you're going to be a dragon rider well yeah, i mean her father was a scribe and that was their bond to one another and you find out very early on in the book that her father's died and so I think that was like her one last link to him. And I also think that because in the book, Violet consistently talks about how she's weaker than everyone else and more brittle and frail. And it's because she has something called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which we kind of had to look into. And it's basically where like the connective tissue doesn't develop in your body because of lack of collagen production. And one thing that I thought was really interesting about that is 
from if what we found is correct, Rebecca Yaros also has that. So I thought it was really cool to kind of put her own personal additional touch onto Violet as a character. And I liked that, like you see Violet's character progress so much throughout the book that her quote unquote weakness of this disease actually became like almost made her more powerful in a way because everyone didn't think that she was able to do what she did in the end. Yeah, I mean, she was basically like written off right away. I mean, her sister, who's actually, I guess she's already graduated college and she's like on a an assignment or whatever. She, you know, she comes and she kind of gives her advice and tells her what to do and helps her as best she can. But even though her sister like admires her and and, and does believe in her, she's like thinking realistically, like this girl's not going to make it. You know, you breathe on her the wrong way and she like sprains an ankle. So the chances of her getting through all these tasks, because this isn't just like test taking, this is like physical tasks as well that she has to overcome. You know, her sister knows that like this is like highly unlikely that she's going to be able to do this. Yeah, but I think that that's where her weakness to everyone else is actually a power to her because everyone else there is trying to fight to survive, right? Like they're in constant battles. They're having to train. And like when they train, it's like hardcore. They're like throwing weapons at each other and shit. And for her, even when she gets hurt, like she lives with pain every single day. So even though, you know, there's some parts where she's getting her ass kicked, she's so used to it that she's able to push and persevere through it. Whereas some of the other characters can't. Yeah, and she knew that she was, like, a physical liability, so she had to find other ways to beat her opponents, right? And right away, when they start, like, their physical, like, hand-to-hand combat, um, some of the opponents are, like, dropping, like, flies, and at first you're not sure why, and then it's, like, unveiled that Violet has been, like, poisoning them. She finds what one of their weaknesses like are they allergic to something or you know what food do they eat all the time so if i put like a poison on this they'll ingest it now she's not killing anybody but she's like weakening them to her benefit hey, so all she was fair in war i'm just saying yeah which makes her like super smart right because how many other students are thinking like that they're thinking, okay, this is physical. I have to be physical. But Violet's like, this is physical, but I can be mental and still win. Yeah, that's true. And just really quick, so Brielle mentioned college. So they are at a school called Basgath War College, and they get divided up into four quadrants. So we talked about the scribes and the riders, and then you have infantry and healers. So there's like four different places where, I guess like where you become of age to go to college, you decide where you're going to go, and then your future is basically decided after that. Which is crazy. Could you imagine having to make that commitment, like, at that age? But I guess you're, like, training for it your whole life, really. Yeah, but that is what puts Violet at such, like, a disadvantage. Because her whole life, she thought she was just going to be a scribe. And, like, it was six months before this that she found out, no, you're not going to be a scribe. You're going to do this. And her mom was like, you're not going to disobey me. Or dishonor me, I guess. I don't like her mom. 
No, and I saw a lot of stuff about her mom, like, on TikTok when I was still reading the book. And I was, like, trying not to, you know, read any spoilers or, like, view any spoilers. One thing I thought that was interesting was, like, her mom's name is Lilith. So, I mean, how many books have we read where Lilith is the main character? I mean, you know, you know the story of who Lilith is and what she does. Like, she's in the Bible. So, she is not a very nice person. I was wondering if, like, Yaros chose that name as, like, a foreshadowing of how her mother's really going to turn out. I mean, she's already turned out horribly. And I did see, <laughs> I did see since you mentioned TikTok, I did see someone made a theory about right before Violet is about to press go onto the parapet to go across to like where the rider's island is or whatever a storm started and her mother's power is storms so yeah. if, like somebody said that and it made me think like i didn't even connect those two dots but it was almost like her mother just wanted her to fail i know that's very sad but i mean as the story unfolds maybe her mother did want her to fail not just because she was like the weakest child that she had but because she knew that Violet was smart enough to figure out what was really going on at that college. I think so, too. Either way, like, Mom of the Year Award does not go to her. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for anybody that has not read the book, yes, we just told you that this was a college. Yes, they're competing to be dragon riders. The physical events are not the only thing that can kill um, the cadets, right? So they literally can kill one another basically at any time of day besides when they're sleeping, which who the hell wants to go to this college? Because it, it ain't me. It definitely ain't me either. Unfortunately, they don't have a choice. <laughs> well, no. most, a lot of them don't. Some of them do. So this is kind of like um, Harry Potter mashup with like the Hunger Games mashup with like Game of Thrones. If you like any of those books, this is right up your alley. I loved this. I loved everything about this book. Listen, anything with dragons, I'm all in both feet. But the other aspects of this book, incredible. So Violet grew up with um another guy his name is dane ados and dane's dad is like violet's mom's second so they've known each other since they were like very small like we're talking like five years old they've grown up together they've watched their parents like progress through their yeah, the ranks of their military career. So they understand, like, everything inside and out. Now, Dane is, like, a year older than Violet. So a piece of shit. Oop, said it. <laughs> I was going to get there, but when we first meet him, he's, like, super overprotective of her. And at first you're kind of like, okay, he's being like that because he knows, you know, she doesn't have all the capabilities of, like, all these other cadets here. Then you're like, okay, or maybe it's because he has, like, a crush on her. She's, like, flat out, like, you know, she's been in love with him forever. And um, you kind of see their relationship unfold to where 
you were team Dane in the very beginning and by the end, I cannot wait for him to be incinerated by a dragon. If he doesn't in book two, this is the thing though. This is a five book series. And he Do we know that for sure? Rebecca Yara said that. Okay. From what I've from what I've read online, she has said it is a five book series. So you know he ain't gonna die in the second book. I mean, maybe he will. <laughs> maybe maybe there's redemption for Dane. I don't know. Oh no, he does not get a redemption story. No. He what he did to her. Like, and and readers, you will just have to read the book to find out. Because he, it wasn't even something, like, on a physical level that he did to her. This was, like, on an emotional level. And, like, shit like that you can't take back. No. I just, there's, there was so many questions that I had unanswered by the end of this book. I was like, I cannot wait until November for the next book to come out. So... Besides Violet and Dane, we have uh, Rhiannon Matthias, who becomes like Violet's best friend, basically. Now, it's strongly advised that you don't make friends because you never know when you're going to actually like come up against them in like a um, some kind of task where you have to like fight them, you know, hand to hand combat or whatever. But you know, I mean, girls are like that. You you kind of want to, like, find somebody to bond with. So she finds Rhiannon. And Rhiannon is definitely, like, a badass in herself. She's been training for years for this. And she sees, like, Violet is a good person. And she's super smart. And she knows that she's not, like, physically as capable as a lot of the other cadets. So they kind of, like bond together and Violet helps her with like her homework and Rhiannon helps her with like her skills. I liked that relationship a lot. I'm hoping that nothing happens to Rhiannon in future books. Oh, but you know, you never know in fantasy series who's, who's getting it. Because I saw somebody, um, compare, Yaros to George R. R. Martin saying that you will get attached to her characters and then she'll gut you because she doesn't yeah. care who, who the character is. If they got to go, they got to go. Yeah, just like she did at the end of this book. I, oh. so- I sobbed. <laughs> I sobbed. I just, my, I can't, I still think about that all the time and I just don't understand what happened. <laughs> So one of the main things with this book is, you know, if you any kind of social media platform that you're on, you you have you know a little bit about what's going on. So I don't feel like we're giving away too many spoilers with this. Violet, you know, she makes it through the amount of tasks that she's supposed to make it through, barely scraping by. And she goes to the dragon bonding and she actually bonds to not one, but two dragons. And one of the dragons is like the most fearsome dragon that a rider has ever ridden. Yeah, he's like the second strongest dragon in the in the region. And well, I think what was unique about Violet's dragon is that um, they he hadn't bonded with a rider in like 50 years. 
Yes, and her, this dragon's name is Taryn. And Taryn, to put a twist on all of this, is actually part of a mated pair. So his mate's name, now this dragon's mate's name is, I think we decided, Scale. And Scale is actually bonded to Zayden Royson, Royson, who, when you're first introduced to him, you think, oh, this guy's a douchebag. But his character probably goes through one of, like, the best, like, um, what am I trying to say? Evolutionary, like, no, that's not the word I'm looking for. What am I trying to say, Kate? <laughs> <laughs> Evolution, I think, was the word you're trying to say. Is that what I'm trying to say, though? Yeah, like he, he, he like completely does like a 360. Yeah, 100%. At the, at the beginning when we first meet him, you're like, oh, what a D-bag. But there's history there. Like, their families have fought against one another. They've each caused a death for the other family. Like, they have every right to hate each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's, like, one of the top writers at the college. And he kind of, like, has his own little clique. And he's also... He was part of, or his family, I guess, was part of the rebellion, which we come to find out he has this, like, really elaborate tattoo because he was part, his family was part of the rebellion. And he actually, like, had to, like, watch his family be put to death. And all the kids, all the kids that were associated with the rebellion all have those tattoos and all had to go through that same thing. It's really sad. I mean... It's definitely a unique uh, plot point to the book. Yeah, because right away you're like, okay, so not just him himself, but anybody who bears that tattoo, like, are you just supposed to not trust them right away just because of that? Like, do they, you know, do these children, like, get singled out because of the sins of their parents? It's, it's really, it's really unique. Yeah, 100% they do. And one of them, one of them is actually um, Liam. How are we saying his his last name? (laughs) I don't know, Mary. Liam Mary. I don't know, guys. All these names are really hard to pronounce, so you'll have to forgive us. If we're wrong, please don't cancel us because we can't pronounce names. (laughs) Yeah, so Liam Mary is one of the kids of the rebellion and he has been tasked as being like Violet's bodyguard, I guess we'll say. And we find out that, you know, just because he wears that relic tattoo, like he's not a bad person at all. No, this is the thing. All of these kids are getting punished for the sins of their fathers, which is, a mistake that happens in history all the time, but people have to learn to disassociate one with the other, you know, because they were like 13 year old kids when this happened. Like, what say do they have? Yeah, I think it just, you know, to like upper leadership, it probably like their their eyes are kept on them like a little bit more just because they're afraid that even if they were little at the time, like maybe they're going to strike out against the the college and um 
the community that they live in now or like even start their own rebellion. One one thing I really liked about this book, there really was, you know, sometimes you start a fantasy book and by the end you're like, oh, I knew all, I figured all that out along the way. I feel like this book really threw you a bunch of curveballs that I didn't even see coming. Yeah, one of the biggest curveballs was when Violet got bonded to that second dragon. That little dragon. <laughs> Her second dragon's name was um, Andarna. And she was not a full-grown dragon like the rest of the dragons that were bonding that day. A lot of um, the people were saying that they didn't even think that it was fair that she was even out there trying to bond because she was basically like a little bit more than a hatchling. But she's still very powerful. And now for like Violet to be bonded to Andarna and Tyrn, now people are starting to pay attention to Violet. All I know is I'll never even get to bond with one dragon in my lifetime. And she got two. I don't know how that's fair. (laughs) But I haven't read a book. Okay, I haven't read a book where dragons were involved that i loved like this since i read game of thrones and the only thing the only thing that really annoys me about the tiktoks and stuff and it's just me being like having an analytical brain is you know people are making videos and then they're showing like some video clips from house of dragon and stuff those aren't dragons, people. If they have two legs, they're wyrens. They're not dragons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I, it just, like, I don't know why it bothers me, but I'm like, because there are wyrens in this book, too. So I'm like, you got to know the difference. Oh, yeah, there are. Yeah, and they're actually like, uh, they're, they're on the opposite side of the war. They're like the bad guys. Yeah, so I'm like, maybe it's just me being analytical, but I'm like, for this particular book, it's important to know the differentiation because of the, like you said, the two sides of this war that are starting to be fought. Yeah, I really think that um, this book has, like, so many, like, different levels. Like, just looking, just going in, you know, right from the get-go, you're like, okay, this is about survival, but because because like Violet has to struggle to survive every day, like even when she was not like in the college. Right. Yeah. So it's about it's about survival. It's about like family bonds. It's about deciding like what's right and what's wrong, because when you get to the end, these characters are faced with like this huge dilemma. Like if we do this, you know, we complete our first year at Basquiat War College. But if we do this, we run the risk of, like, not completing because we're going to die, but we're going to save a bunch of lives in the, like, on that path, right? So that's, like, an ethical thing right there. And then, of course, you have your, like, brewing love story. and Which, which technically was enemies to lovers, really. Yeah, it def- no, it definitely was enemies to lovers, which, I mean, you know, a lot of people, like, love that. Um, I kind of wish that that Enemies to Lovers was just, like, I think we we came in, like, you know, your first couple paragraphs, it was just, like, Zayden is supposed to hate Violet. And I think that she kind of, like, tried to 
unravel him and like give him like more more layers as as the book went on well the thing was that violet's dragon taryn and zayden's dragon scale were mated like you said earlier so that also meant that violet and zayden had this connection like so when you're bonded to a dragon you can hear their thoughts and they can hear yours but all four of them could hear each other because of the dragon bond so i think it kind of forced her and zayden at first i think it was out of pure necessity that they had to kind of look out for each other because you know a dragon without its rider is a tragedy a rider without its dragon is dead you know Oh my god, and I thought that that was just a saying, but then you find out that it's not. I know. It's a it's a fact. I know. I know. Oh, I don't I we can't talk about that. You have to read that book to find out. <laughs> but you what might. but but my point was is that I think that I wished Zayden was more developed in the beginning than it turned out to be because like I really didn't like him at all. Like I wasn't going to give him the time of day. And then, like, all of these, like, secrets and things were, like, unraveling. And then you were kind of like, oh, wow, he's actually not that bad of a person. And now that he has to look out for Violet, you know, this kind of makes perfect sense. Yeah, but I liked the way that Rebecca Yars did that. Because it does make you kind of dislike his character. So when things flip around and you discover kind of who he really is... It's something you didn't see coming. I mean, yeah, like I, I mean, earlier, I, I agree with that. I do agree with that. I mean, like I said earlier, this book had a lot of plot twists that I did not expect and really didn't anticipate. No, and it, it ended on a cliffhanger, one that I was not expecting at all. Like, when I did my Goodreads review, I had to, like, shut the book and just, like, sit there it was almost three hours before I actually did my review because I couldn't like articulate all of the words that I wanted to put in that review I think I texted you and said that I wanted to throw my book against the wall <laughs> yes you absolutely did <laughs> and you know it's so funny like I'm sitting there I'm feeling all the feels from this book like I'm crying and then I get to the you know to the end and I'm just like mouth dropped open and I want to fling this book across the room because uh, that was like mind blown. I had no idea, didn't even suspect from anything throughout this entire book that that was even a possibility. No, and I think it's just going to lead. It left me with like so many questions, and I'm like, I'm thinking that the second book, like, I don't even know how she's going to pick it up because I, I just can't fathom like not knowing who all actually knows the truth you know what I mean like I don't want to say too much but and we talked about it like who actually knows the truth of what's going on who do you trust can you trust anybody no how how, how are these characters going to survive yeah I can't I can't wait for the next one I mean this is my first uh read by Rebecca Yaros um and I'm so glad that we skipped over our tbr jar and kind of went with the hype because i was dying to read this because everyone has been talking about it yeah you can't get away from it on social media it's everywhere i mean even if you like don't follow like that many book pages it's everywhere and rightfully so i mean it was great it was you know right up our alley 
So, I mean, highly, highly anticipating Iron Flame, which uh, does it come out in November? November 7th. I've already pre-ordered it. Yes. Yes. Well, of course, we got it on pre-order. My husband's going to kill me when all of those books that come out November 7th come out at one time. He'll live. <laughs> he will live. And I mean, quick shout out to you, because if you were not at Walmart and saw those books and text me, was like, yo, they have two copies. Should I just go ahead and get these? We would have missed out on reading this book in general because you really can't find it anywhere anymore. And also the first edition sprayed edges. So, you know. Yeah, and I was thinking about it, too. Did you realize that the edition that we have is like black and gold, which is actually the colors of her dragons? Oh, you know, I did not even think about that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It just like came to me because on the actual cover, there's a black dragon and then there's like a dragon that's not filled in, but it's because the cover's gold. So like they're her dragons. Oh, I love that. And they did a they did a cover reveal for the next book. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yes. Yes, I saw it. So excited. So to sum it all up, guys, if you haven't read Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros, do yourself a favor and go ahead and read it. You may love it, you may hate it. We loved it. All right, guys, that wraps up episode 35. As always, if you liked what you heard, give us a rating on whatever podcast outlet you listen to and check us out on Instagram at our underscore weekends underscore booked. Again, I'm Kate. And I'm Brielle. Until next time.